Do you recognize that sound? Yes, it's the sound of the hop-on-hop-off bus. Oh, of course, it sounds like any other bus, but it's not. It can take you to so many places all over the world, and it's just one little hint and tip you'll be surprised to learn from veteran traveler and empowerment coach Susan Somers as we talk with her about having that balancing act you need in your life. Now, thank you for joining us on The Ageless Traveler. We're dedicated to making lifelong travel easy so you never stop traveling. I'm your host, Adrian Berg, excited to speak with a woman who has become a friend of mine, Susan Somers, an empowerment coach, author, guide for all of the interesting travel that there is in the world. You need greater peace through tourism, and she helps you through walking experiences, meeting your goals, and having practical habits and rules that make your life better. And I am so delighted, as I said, to introduce you to a really wonderful person. Her name is Susan Somers. What I want to do uh, here, Susan, is I want to talk about this balance that you have because your website, powersourceforwomen.com, seems to say it all. It's a lot about internal empowerment, even as you travel. So let's take a little bit of a step first. What does a balance and purposeful life mean to you? And then we'll get a little bit deeper into your book and how you help other people learn the magic of walking for that balanced and purposeful life. Well, I've always been an entrepreneur and I've always been used to going in a million directions and taking all kinds of opportunities and going after new venues. But probably because of COVID, I think I really, really got the chance to center myself and put something in place that I haven't done enough of over the years, which is habits and routines. I used to start a morning habit and then I would abandon it. But I've managed now to every morning have a routine. It's really enabled me before I even walk out the door. And that's the next thing I do to make sure that I get fresh air and sun in the morning. It's enabled me to start the day right and to feel like I've achieved something you know, as soon as I get up. And probably that's the biggest change for me. You know, that is a big change because consistency is what we're learning. We're learning that for a really purposeful life, you really do have to be consistent. And there's such a great meld here. You know, Susan's book, The Magic of Walking, Your Guide to a Balanced and Purposeful Life, leads me to one of my great loves, which is hiking and walking, and how to incorporate that in our travels. So it's not only for the physicality that this is all about. It's also about your self-presence and how you can be present in the world. So let's again, you do this. You travel a lot. You incorporate walking into every place that you travel. And you've written a book about it. So what are your top suggestions or maybe habits that we ought to cultivate? Yes, I actually have some. I've put together some ideas. The first thing when I get to a new city and I drop my bags and I check in is I try to walk to get my bearings. So not just rushing to the tourist places, but just to get a feeling of where I am and wander and experience the city. It's a great way to discover restaurants and shops often off the beaten track. I asked the hotel for walking maps, and I found that over the last few years, they have more and more of these walking maps, and it could be a historical area or an entertainment area. And the Visitors Bureau, of course, is a great place to get information on walking tours for historic 
areas. My favorite tip is I look for the umbrella downtown in uh-huh. cities that I visit. To and usually it's a local person who's leading a walking tour, and it's wonderful. They are so knowledgeable. It's so wonderful, and they accept tips at the end. But I mean, I I, I give them a tip, but I'm saying it is optional. So I think that that umbrella. And that person who's local who wants to show off their city is a great way to introduce yourself to a city. By walking around the city with no particular agenda, it gets you past the sightseeing into something more like experiencing the place you're in. And the tourist booth asks where there are any residential neighborhoods nearby. So often we get caught up in the sites and the the, the well-known attractions that we the tourist traps we might say yes exactly i think it's really important to get a sense i remember in chicago you know i was staying downtown and once i veered off the the beaten track i found all kinds of great neighborhoods and wonderful restaurants and bars and of course walking is a great way to get exercise in when you travel so it's important to know that you're going to be walking when you arrive somewhere and make it part of your trip. You know, most tours want you to relax a little bit, particularly the ones that take you abroad. And you will notice that the very first day or the very first half day, you're not meeting up with anybody. If you take a look at your tour brochures, most of the time you're meeting up with people the first day around 6 o'clock for dinner. So that will give you, if you get in early, an opportunity to do something that's non-touristic just as Susan says. And I have one other hint and tip. You're going to laugh at this one. I take a look at the real estate. Because ah. as yeah, as you know, there's real estate porn. You could look at every neighborhood anywhere in the world online by putting in houses for sale in Lisbon, right? And you can take a look at that. And I have done that. I've done that in Buenos Aires. I've actually done it in Lisbon very recently. Just taking a look. Don't go in. Don't call a broker unless you actually want to buy something. Uh, right. But... You'll find neighborhoods that you cannot believe, that believe me, nobody will ever take you to if you don't go on your own and there'll be great restaurants there. So it is a way to get off the tourist trap and then you can go see all the sites you want, you know, take a look at the Leaning Tower of Pisa, but you'll go there as if you are a local. Now, speaking of that, when we come back, we're going to give you a little of an insight uh, into how you can actually buy property abroad. If that's what you are inclined to do, don't you go anywhere. Some of our listeners are truly interested in owning a second home or even living abroad. And we have terrific, terrific resources for you. Simply go back to our podcast page or to Spotify, Apple, or any place that you listen to The Ageless Traveler. Take a look at the Ronan McMahon episode. You will see that he is one of the leaders in helping folks find new real estate all over the world. On the show notes on Apple, Spotify, and any other disseminator, you will get a list of other organizations as well as his that you can tap into if you would like to buy real estate abroad. It's all part of the life of the ageless traveler.
And now we're back and we're here with Susan Summers. And I'll tell you a few ways that you can find and access her wonderful information. One is on her website, powersourceforwomen.com. Very easy. It'll be in our show notes. Another one uh, would be through her courses, Step Into Your Power. One hour courses, four weeks, and we're going to create a retreat around this uh, in collaboration with Asia's Traveler. And I can't wait to go myself. And, of course, the book that we're talking about now, uh, The Magic of Walking, Your Guide to a Balanced and Purposeful Life. Now, we're going to talk about something very mundane, the hop-on, hop-off bus. The last thing I thought, Susan, when I asked you what you like to do to quickly travel and see what's going on, was that you were going to say the hop-on, hop-off bus. I thought I was the only one who was a real veteran traveler. I've been to 110 countries. And yet every time I go to a city, sometimes second or third time, I use the hop-on, hop-off bus. Why do you like it so much? Well, I love it for a number of reasons, which I'll get into. But I have to start with an anecdote about Boston. I went to Boston with my granddaughter when she was 14. And she was so tired that she slept the whole way around the first hop-on, hop-off bus tour that we did. (laughs) So it gave me a chance to assess the city and then go around again with her and get on and go off. So, you know, I guess what I'm saying is it's also a great way to travel with family. But I got I to I I interrupt you on this one. So sorry, but it was a great anecdote, and I got to give you another one. My 11-year-old son, I took him to Paris, and he's 40 years old now, by the way. Uh, and I was so excited for him, and we did just what I told you guys. We got in early. And it was very early in the morning, but the hop-on, hop-off was available. And I was excited. I put him on the first row, and he snored the whole time. (laughs) He snored so loud that the bus driver was so upset. I got a glare from this hop-on, hop and I couldn't (laughs) help it. But but same deal. So we have uh, done a couple of shows already on grandparents traveling with grandkids. But I forgot to tell you, don't take them on the hop-off, hop-off bus <laughs> the first day if you're going to another country. All right. So much for anecdotes. Now let's go back. So we know all about it. It's great for families. You're right. And how about for us adults? Well, I love it because you can get off on and off at designated stops, however much you'd like. And sometimes I've been on buses where they, you can get a two-day pass. And that is absolutely wonderful. Because the first day you can use either as an overview or to visit certain places. And then the next day you can go back on. Uh, And they, oh, they find, they, they know the places to stop. So if you're going, going to a new place and you're not really sure, and you haven't done a lot of research, you know, you're going to be seeing the highlights along the way. I remember on one of the islands, we took a hop on hop off bus and someone in the next seat said, get off at the next stop and walk over to the water. It's beautiful. It's sand and beautiful water to, to the right. And we did. And we would not have known had we not spoken to this person. The other thing is I love the fact that the narrator gives you wonderful information on the history and sites along the way. And that you can get all these different languages. That's the other thing that's an advantage, you know, depending on where you're from. The prices, I think, are wonderful. I think it's great. They're cost-effective because you're jumping on and off. If you had to take a taxi cab around, you could just imagine what it would cost you. And it's a safe way to see a city because when you're on the bus, sometimes you might see neighborhoods that you were thinking of going to and then decide 
that in a, a two day or a one day trip, you're not going to go back. Right. So uh, it, it's for me, it's the way to go. I love it. I love yeah. it. one of the things I wanted to tell you right now is cruises. I like the one day cruises. And sometimes I do find I admit that it's very expensive to take the ones right from the ship. Most of the time, particularly in the bigger cities, there will be a hop-on, hop-off bus, and one of their stops will be the port. Yes. So that you can actually get on there, done it in Barcelona, done it in many major cities all over the world. So that's just one hit and tip. Saves you a ton of money, and uh, it works out very well. And because you know the timing, you won't miss the boat. And now we're going to take a little bit of a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that journaling while traveling for the empowerment that Susan is always speaking about and writing about. And it's really at the core of her philosophy. Don't you guys go anywhere. For many people, the book, The Golem of Brooklyn, a novel by Adam Mansbach, is a wonderful romp through Jewish history, very, very poignant today. But for me, it also reveals a travel scam, a brand new travel scam. If you use Airbnb, Verbo, or other sharing sites, you might be giving your money to someone who is simply not the owner. Yes, people are posing as owners of Airbnb and other shared rental units. So, If you do want to use any of these sites, please make sure that you speak with the owner and really communicate with them as best you can before you give your money to anybody. Travel scams are rampant from offers of free trips, offers of luxury trips, and phony timeshares. And guess what? The biggest target is the mature traveler. Don't let that happen to you. Be aware, not everyone is fair. And now we're back, and we are speaking with Susan Summers. And if you want to really know about the core of her philosophy, take a look at her website, powersourceforwomen.com. All right, so let's take a look at this. Journaling. We have had, for about several weeks already, on our website, one of your uh, articles on sound bathing. And it all came from the fact that when you go somewhere, you're very focused, you're present, and you journal. Is that one of the reasons? Is it to stay present? Because sometimes I forgot even where I went and because <laughs> I go to so many places and it's hard for me to remember. Is that part of it or is it more than that? Well, it's interesting because I think it's important to, to look at your journal before you leave. So when you're planning your trip, during your trip, and after your trip. And if you do that, you really will get the most out of the journaling process. So before you leave, you can plan your trip and gather information. Uh, you might find a new restaurant, or you might find someone that someone's asked, told you to contact, or a neighborhood that, or an art gallery that you hadn't thought about. So it's a great way to put in some of that information before you leave, instead of trying to remember it. You can also write about the trips you've taken, what you've learned, and the experiences you've had. So journaling, 
gives you a chance to talk about your adventures, stories, memories, and discovery. And if you journal and look at your past journals, you might find that you want to do things differently or you might want to stay longer in a place or it can give you some information for your future trips. And of course, I think it provides richer memories than just a phone full of selfies. Well, it certainly does. You know, we, uh, we, you and I will very soon, a couple of minutes really, go on a, a YouTube and really you will be able to meet Susan because we always have a YouTube for all of our guests. And one of them was Judith Freslin, who's an author, but she writes travel memoirs and they're very different than the journals. So those of you who are interested in travel memoirs, please don't forget to take a look at her particular YouTube. That's Judy Fresno. Okay, so going back to the, the idea of journaling, you know, you talk a lot about empowerment. You talk a lot about the magic of the world and the changes that you can make at any age. Journaling, when did it come into your life? Was it like a diary when you were a child, or is it something that became part of your discipline, as you've been telling us about? No, you know, it's funny. I think it started when I started doing all these cruises hmm. because I couldn't remember. You know, I'd say, was it on that cruise? Was it that ship? Was it when I went there? And I started to, to journal, first of all, to remember the places I'd been, but also if I wanted to go back to have, you know, a record of what I had done and to talk to other people. When people say to me, well, I'm thinking of going to Buenos Aires, I can say, oh, I was there and I can look at the journal and tell you some of the things that I did. So it really gave me a record and it gave me a chance after a trip to immerse myself back into it and have those wonderful memories. So that's what I would say was the cruises when I started the cruises. Interesting. You know, one of the things that we try to do is have people self-actualize, really use their skills better just because they can travel through travel. And journaling, writing a memoir, even writing a nonfiction book or an article, or making a photographic memory journal. All of these really work to bring out our creativity. And we're not artists necessarily, but we can be artists in travel. So let's take a look, as soon as we come back, about the idea of walking and what that does for you, not just physically, not just mentally, but also emotionally. We'll tell you a little bit about our latest trip to Portugal. Don't you guys go anywhere. Come with us to Portugal, May 2024. You know, my mouth is watering as I read the Colette brochure for our May 11th to 24th trip to Portugal and the Azores. I can't wait to revisit Lisbon with you and show you its hidden museums, Sip red wine, munch olives, and listen to the Fado music. You know, that's a UNESCO heritage experience. But we're also going to bathe in the beauty of the Azores, peer down volcanic craters, stroll in the Terra Nostra Botanic Park. Now, come travel with us. And if you've got a group of 10 or more, or you're a nonprofit organization, discover the benefits of our group programs at the Ageless Traveler, featured trips, and group trips. Don't forget, this is the kind of travel that will allow you to never stop traveling. And we're back with Susan. And, of course, walking is an essential for her. She already talked to us about how important it is when you travel to start to walk right away in the area. But it's more than that. You also walk for its own sake. 
We have an article on our blog from you on on uh, forest bathing. And what does it mean to you to walk? You even said that you make sure you get out in the morning just for fresh air so that you're not fettered to your stool there day in and day out like I am. What can it do for you beyond the physical? I think that emotionally, like, it, it clears my head. It gets me. I live near a ravine. So when I go into the ravine, just being in the ravine enables me to feel connected to nature. I love color. And when I get outside and I see all the color of the, the flowers and the plants, it's really exciting. And it just makes me, I breathe in and out. It just makes me feel connected to the world. So it's definitely more than walking. Obviously, I my goal is to do at least 10,000 steps a day just because I that's what I want to do. But right, I, that's the physical part. That's right. Yes. But it's interesting because what I realized when I wrote this book about walking was I've been walking my whole life from the malls of New Jersey to the malls in Toronto. I mean, all the years when I was growing up in New Jersey, I would meet my friends in the mall and would walk. And when my children were young, I'd put them in a cart in the shopping center and I would walk. So malls have played a big role and walking in malls has been a big part for me. Walking has been a way for me when my mother had Alzheimer's disease to deal with the stress. I She was she lived in California, and I would go out there and just walk the trails out there. So I've used it emotionally. I've used it physically and spiritually, as I said, to get in touch with nature. You know, there are two companion books that are on the Aegis Traveler book list on the website, AegisTraveler.com. One is yours, and that is The Magic of Walking, Your Guide to a Balanced and Purposeful Life. And the other one is Risa Olinsky's book. She's one of our advisors as well, fitness coach, and it's called Why Walk. And in that particular book, it just does what you just did, which is the reasons for walking. But you also have made that part of traveling. And that's very important. We do go on walking trips. I'm going to tell you about one in a minute. But you're talking about more than trips dedicated to walking. Susan, you're talking about incorporating walking in any kind of trip that you take. So when we come back, I'm going to ask you again about a travel memory that has to do with walking that is your favorite, that if you could revisit, you would do it right now. Don't you guys go anywhere. We're going to tell you about a walking trip from the Ageless Traveler and Free Walkers. The geroscientists I hang out with tell me that walking is the number one activity for longevity. That's why I want you to know about a nonprofit organization, Free Walkers. Walk with a friendly, dynamic group of all ages in person in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, or virtually from anywhere worldwide. Join us in the spring in Maryland for a two-day, 12-mile-a-day friendship walk. And if you need heartfelt motivation to walk, get a copy of Risa Olinsky's book, She's on our advisory board. It's called Why Walk? And speak with her for half an hour in person. Complimentary, too, for our salon members. Find all the information at AidlessTraveler.com at Products and Services. And we are back, and I gave uh, Susan a very, very few seconds, really, to 
think about this because you've traveled so much. If you could go back in time right now to one of your favorite trips that included walking, what would it be? I would say the rainforest in Costa Rica. Tell us just, about it. Yeah, just being immersed. Again, you're immersed in the sights, the sounds, the, your surroundings. You're just there. And I think that's the important part of walking when you travel, that you forget other things, that you just feel like you're part, especially if you walk in nature like that, you feel like you're part of your surroundings. So that would be a very important part. The thing for me would be to look for, and in British Columbia and on Vancouver Island, I've done some walking uh, trips there as well. So I haven't done that much of hiking, but I've done a lot of long distance walking. So. Yes, yes. Well, we are long distance walkers. I hike because I belong to the Coachella Valley Hiking Club here in the Coachella Valley in California because they don't walk around here. You're either in your car or you're a great big hiker. So I have no choice. But yes, my, my love is the long distance walk. All right. Before we leave, I do want to unpack one thing. I'm intrigued. Step into your power. That's your course. If we unpacked that course, what are some of the things we would find in there? It has seven different steps or tools to not only get into a physical walking program, but actually a mental and spiritual one as well. And it starts with where are you now? Where are you? You know, how do you feel about your, your body, yourself, your life? And it goes through all the different steps of where are you now? Where do you want to go? How do you set the goals? How do you create the habits and routines, which, as I mentioned before, has been so the important. hardest thing for me. Yep. Yeah. And then how to put together an action plan. And that's a really important part to have uh, a, a short term for one day, what you're going to do, and then a long term. Um, I want to mention that I walked El Camino de Santiago virtually during yes. COVID. And I had to every day put in, it was 20,000 steps every day in order to achieve this. So having some kind of active plan, having a goal, and then the steps along the way. And then how to overcome obstacles. That's where a lot of people get stuck. You know, like something goes wrong. Let's say they have an injury and that's a valid thing. But how do you get back to walking once that's happened? So how do you sustain it? And then celebrating successes. And I think that's something that people don't do enough of. By the way, I should have mentioned one of the first ones is creating a support team. Yes. And so the two go hand in hand, having the support team and celebrating your successes with them. And it doesn't have to be in person. It could be online. It could be in person. It could be a group. It could be one other person. But getting some buy-in from other people that they will support you along the way. It could be, that's why it's so great during COVID, people had dogs and yes. dogs really got them out walking. I saw, you know, every day I see people walking with dogs. Some, believe me, I'm sure weren't walking before COVID. But now they had to take the dog out. And then, so you're celebrating your successes and then setting new goals. So it goes from where are you now to you've completed something and now you're going to set some new goals. And those seven steps are part of everything that I talk about, whether it's my own journey, my one-day workshop, my four-week course, or my retreat. So this is terrific. And I do want to tell you that... You can't do it alone. This is what Susan is saying. And this is what the Ageless Traveler really is. Remember, we are not travel agents. We're not here to sell you trips. We love to go on trips with you. We offer you trips to go on. But 
The real purpose is to have our Facebook salon where people are your supporters and you support other people. We count on them. We count on you. Join our salon. So thank you so much, Susan. This has been fabulous. And I'm going to meet you on the video in just a moment or two. So don't you guys go anywhere. We're not finished yet. Sadly, we've come to the end of our discussion. I have so much more schmoozing to do with Susan. But if you do too, see agelesstraveler.com for her resources, her books, and her courses. And please visit the Ageless Traveler YouTube channel to meet Susan. And don't forget to join our Facebook salon. You can do that right on agelesstraveler.com. And by the way, you will love our next series of episodes. If you're a caregiver and you want to travel or discover strategies for traveling not only for yourself, but those you care for, you're going to love this series. Now, this is Adrian Berg at The Ageless Traveler, here to make sure you never stop traveling. Like-